This is the 90s and 2000s. Please stay on the line if you wish to hear the flip phone podcast and learn everything about this epic era. Hello. Hey, this is Farnaz and Gabby, hosts of the Flip Phone Podcast, a podcast about all things 90s and 2000s. Last week, Gabby and I went over some of the best toy fads in the 90s that made up Gabby's childhood, essentially. But this, with the spooky season upon us, we've decided to get into the Halloween spirit and chat about TV shows from our childhood with a monster theme, whether it's Sesame Street puppet monsters or supernatural monsters. One of the monster TV shows that I used to watch was Seven Little Monsters. That was a very interesting show. <laughs> it was unlike other TV shows that, I, from what I remember seeing. What did you like about it? So I liked how it was called Seven Little Monsters, but there was nothing little about them. Mm-hmm. They were actually these giant monsters. I also liked how the monsters had different accents. So, like for example. Um, number six kind of sounded like she was from New York, mm-hmm. and um, number seven was so posh. <laughs> and then their mom was, who was a human, by the way, uh, was I think Russian. That was a really weird part about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, I thought she adopted the monsters, but it sounds like she actually gave birth to them because the mom in I'm I'm pretty sure it's season one episode two, she says to number two. Um, you remind me so much of your daddy. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this human gave birth to these monsters? How? And I mean, I'm maybe I'm reading into this because it's a cartoon, but like, what? What the heck? I don't remember her saying that. <laughs> this show just keeps getting weirder, but you know... <laughs> But, you know, there's a cool thing about it, too. Did you know that Seven Little Monsters has a Canadian connection? Does it really? What's the connection? So the show was created through a collaboration between um, a Canadian, Chinese, and Filipino animation companies. And the concept itself was created by Maurice Sendak, the author of Where the Wild Things Are, and the illustrator for the Little Bear books. Actually, now that you say that, I can kind of see the connection with Where the Wild Things Are. And the style of the illustration is very similar to Little Bear. Right? And the first show aired... Uh, back in 2000 and it lasted about three years which is pretty good and i think they did reruns for a bit after that for those of you who don't remember what the show is about maybe the theme song will remind you oh and if that didn't do the trick you most likely remember the iconic rutabaga pudding song sung by my favorite monster number three swing low sweet rutabaga pudding coming to the monster's home Swing low, sweet rutabaga pudding, coming to our dear sweet home. Listening to that song always made me want that rutabaga pudding, but after learning what a rutabaga is, I think I'll pass. Blah, same. (laughs) By the way, that voice of number three, um, the voice behind number three is the actor Dwayne Hill, and monster number three sounds like a very tiring monster to voice because his persona would change every episode and he's mm. so dramatic with the various accents like one moment like he has a british accent and like he does this all kinds of accents yeah. but like looking at um Dwayne hill's imbd page to see like what kind of work he's done he's so talented he's like really known for his baritone and bass like voice and you know what i just found out that he's the voice behind the principal greedy guts and jacob tutu 
Jacob Tutu, Secret Kid Spy. This was a weird show. Like in the opening theme song, the teacher and the principal are clearly having an affair since the teacher puts a rose in her mouth and she pulls the principal in towards her by the tie. Did you ever notice that? Oh my god, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I always okay, I always found the rose thing weird in the intro, but like none of that actually clicked in my head. <laughs> right? Like oh, so weird. But you know, okay, so my favorite number uh monster is 3. What is your favorite monster? Hmm. Well, okay, let's go down the list. So number 1 is the oldest and athletic, but a bit of a tattletale voiced by Joanna Vanicola who plays who also plays Claude in Timothy Goes to School. I love Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is the most uh, helpful, voiced by Colin Mockery, the Canadian comedian from Who's On Is It Anyway? I love that show. It's a good show. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, number four is a very rambunctious one. Number five is childish and does weird things with his tongue. Number six is a ballerina. She, uh, she thinks she's the most beautiful monster. I kind of like her. And number seven... <laughs> Yeah. Number seven, unscrews his head, is the youngest, tallest, yet most gentle. So I think out of all of them, my favorite was number six because she was a ballerina and I also was one as a kid. Um, She was the most memorable. She would like jump around her house doing ballet and the whole house would shake. And like in the, I think in the intro song, she would, she was dancing on like that bridge. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, but what about you? What was your all time favorite monster show? I'm honestly tied between two shows, but Monster by Mistake is no doubt a big one. That's a good one. Monster by Mistake was a really big deal because the CGI animation graphics were way ahead of its time. This this started out in 1996. Oh, and the show also has a Canadian connection. Hey, go Canada, go! <laughs> <laughs> so what's this one's connection? So the software used to animate the show called Houdini was actually developed in Toronto by a company called SideFX. Uh, the computer-generated graphics back then was usually used for just like video games and film. But this exact software is now used by major visual effects companies like Walt Disney Animation for their movies like Zootopia and Rio. They have a similar style, right? Mm-hmm. And Pixar, DreamWorks, they all use this Canadian software. But what's most interesting is that we could have been in the presence of the creator of Monster by Mistake, Mark Marison, because he actually taught animation at Sheridan College in Toronto. But, you know, he retired this summer. So, yeah. Wow, that's actually really cool to know that Canada has a little part in the Disneyverse. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? And, like, ugh, really, we could have... It would have been so cool to have met him. You know, as journalists, I'm sure we would have lots of questions for him. I know, I have so many questions about that show and, like, what, what it took to make it. It sounds like a really big, like, animation project. There's mm-hmm. so many parts to it. Because it wasn't 2D and flat, you know? Yeah. The show was, like, 3D and it stuck out. It was very different. Mm-hmm, for sure. And our childhood is honestly so blessed with Canadian talent. I'm just so proud. Yo, me too. <laughs> another another great Canadian connection on the show is that the fact that the bully on Monster by Mistake, Billy, the dude with the baseball cap, I don't know if you remember him, but he was the one that always bothered Warren, the main character. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's voiced by Daniel DeSanto. 
Billy. Hey, Warren, look at this great car I found. It's mine, Billy. Oh, yeah? Prove it. It's mine, Billy. I have the controller. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. You can have it back. If you can take it away from me. I don't want to fight. That's too bad, because I do. Wait, isn't he the guy from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tucker? Yep, and he's also voiced Carlos in Magic School Bus, played Jason in Mean Girls, and now he's doing some work on the kid show Paw Patrol. Yo, Paw Patrol is huge right now, so good for him. So who plays the main character, Warren, who turns into the monster by sneezing? That's Julie Lemia, yes, a woman's voice, and <laughs> she happens to play Renee and Jacob Tutu and Louise in Max and Ruby. Hmm. Honestly, like, I'm not surprised that he's voiced by a woman. A lot of main young boy characters are voiced by women, like Bart from The Simpsons. That is true. And, yeah, right? And I, I think it's basically because women's voices don't change drastically like a man's voice does. Like, how their voices get deeper. So shows don't have to constantly be changing their voice actors. That's a good point. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Plus, like, when you're watching a cartoon, you want some consistency with the voices because then it's like, okay, how many times are they going to change this character's voice before they finally choose one? Honestly, I'm starting to, I'm starting to wish I got into voice acting. It's such, it sounds like such a cool job and so amazing to be part of like some kid's childhood. Yeah, it really does. Um, so do you remember how Warren becomes a monster? Well, basically anytime he sneezes, he's allergic to a lot of stuff like dust and pollen. He'd become that blue monster thing very often and like uncontrollably. And how did he become the monster by mistake? Oh, so in the pilot episode, what happens is that there's this weird devil-like character called Gargoyle who's, tramped, who's like trapped in some bubble and he can't be released until someone reads a spell from a book holding some kind of special gem. The kids, so him, so Warren and his sister somehow end up in the presence of him and then he tricks them into reading the spell. But the magic lands on Warren, making him turn into a monster whenever he sneezes. Wow, that's unfortunate luck. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he has his ghost friend and a nice sister to help him out. Um, before you said you were tied between two monster shows, what's the other one? So this isn't exactly a show with the name monsters in it or anything to know directly about monsters, but it involves supernatural beings. Do you remember Martin Mystery? Yes, Martin's watch was the coolest. It was. Martin Mystery was the best show ever. It was like, it's kind of like a sci-fi Scooby-Doo, but instead the monsters were they were trying to chase down weren't regular people like because you know in scooby-doo they take mm-hmm. off the mask and stuff whatever but this these are actual supernatural beings i think uh supernatural scooby-doo is a great way to describe the show and they have that like alien sidekick instead of a dog martin mystery is like this other canadian work is another canadian work with collaboration with french and italian production teams again i can't be proud enough of canadian <laughs> Canadian uh-huh. talent and the animated show takes place in Quebec so they mention a lot of Quebec um, locations the show is actually loosely based off an Italian comic called Martin Mister by Alfredo Castelli but when I read up on the comic it's super different from the tv show what do they change so first of all the main character Martin is supposed to be this well older guy and a professional expert in anthropology and historical stuff not a high school student like we see in the show and Diana, who is a stepsister in the show and tags along on with Martin on his missions, is instead his love interest in the comic. Wow, yeah, that's definitely different. I think they change it up a lot because as I read through the comic more, I was like, it seems more suitable for adults, so they had to make the show suitable for kids. But even then, I stumbled across this creepypasta fandom theory about the show's actual backstory. Yeah, preteens don't really care about love interest, so it makes sense. And creepypasta is so entertaining, but let's hear this theory. 
So basically, someone on the wiki said how Martin Mystery is about the imagination of a boy named Martin who struggles to cope with his mother's death. So he runs this imaginary mission facing supernatural monsters that are actually some some of them are actually from folklore stories and stuff so that he can be a hero in them. And like, you know, the bulky guy called Java who also like tags along with the sister and brother. Um, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be like a caveman lost in time. He's a school janitor, and the theory says how he befriends Martin to keep him safe and stuff, kind of like a father figure. That's so sad. It kind of makes sense. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the person they got their missions from called Mom or like M O M. Yeah, exactly. The center was the name of their secret organization, and then Billy was the little alien assistant who was also Martin's best friend. This theory is kind of depressing. <laughs> Yep, I hope it isn't true because the show is whack as it is when you look too into it. <laughs> but the most funny thing about the show was like the bickering between the sub-siblings because they're just so opposite from each other. And also the animation is so good. It looks like anime. It's so cool. Yeah, it does have similarities to anime. The Totally Spies crossover episode was good too. Oh yeah, Totally Spies is kind of similar to Murder Mystery, right? Mm-hmm. I, li- I really like that show. There's, like, rumors about remastering um, Martin Mystery for streaming on, like, Netflix or something, but it says rumors at this point, and I think the article I read was kind of old, but it would be nice to bring it back. It doesn't seem like a show that could age, in my opinion. It has a basic structure, you know, they introduce the weird supernatural monsters, the trio, Martin, Diana, and Java, get called on a mission, they solve the mystery until next time. This format actually kind of so similar to this other show about monsters called Grossology. Do you know it? I mean, I wouldn't mind a reboot. Like, heck, they're rebooting all the shows nowadays, so why not this one? And I know of Grossology, but I didn't really watch it. Exactly. This show deserves a reboot. I think a lot of kids... I, I think I saw a lot of reviews when I was doing research, and there's like, we should bring Martin Mystery back. It's a pretty good show. It's like kind of it's like kind of like an anime. Anime yeah. doesn't lose its attraction to people, right? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I, and with Grossology, I didn't remember watching much of it for a couple minutes i wasn't really interested but basically it's a kitty csi <laughs> like martin mystery it's a brother sister duo and they work for the secret agency called bureau of grossology and they deal with quote gross animals phenomena or crime using scientific facts okay i have to ask is this another canadian show yep it's a canadian animated <laughs> tv series produced by novana you know that production company with the polar bear in their logo at the end of each show they always like pop that up oh yeah, yeah. basically our whole child is because of them they have a long list of shows under their <laughs> wing like babar 16 bakugan beyblade fairly odd parents franklin the list goes on with so that. no doubt the show did well then definitely grossology had a nice 10 year run which is pretty long for a cartoon show i think oh yeah and yeah and the lead voice actor michael cohen and his team were nominated for a gemini award which is basically like a canadian emmy hey. and for their work which is a pretty big deal even being nominated for that is pretty big mm-hmm. and Here's another fun fact. The guy who plays the director on Gorsology, so the one who does all the missions and stuff, he voices Harold Shrinks on George Shrinks. Once again, I can't say this enough, but these voice actors are so good. (laughs) They did for sure. I feel like voice actors deserve more credit. They do. Like, there's so much crossover between these shows and the people, like, the shows that we watch and their voice acting. Like, they can just do so much. It's, Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. But another show I can vaguely remember watching is... When you look at pictures of it, do you do you know the show called Brady's Beast? It came out in 2005 and the guy Brady has like expertise in monsters and wants people and monsters to live in harmony or something. And he has like pet monsters and all that. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about this show. I think, yeah, I think he would like constantly look for his like missing 
pet monster in every episode because his monster would get chased mm-hmm. out by the people in town. I don't remember much else, but yeah, I remember seeing this show. Yeah, those polar monsters, all they wanted to do was just live peacefully. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's another show kind of similar to Brady's Beast. At least like the animation felt like it. Did you ever watch Moville Mysteries? It aired in like 2002 and the main character was voiced by Frankie Munez, a.k.a. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah, talk about Flashback Friday, man. Woo. This show is another Nelvana creation, so yes, Canadian connections yet again. <laughs> the voice actor for Hitch, uh, one of the characters, is actually from Scarborough, Ontario. Oh. And Mimi is voiced by Tara Spencer-Nairn, a.k.a. Constable Karen Pelly on Corner Gas. I very vaguely remember this show. Do you remember what the show was even about? Honestly, I don't remember much about this show, but it's just basically one of those kid-solving supernatural mystery shows. Like, we just talked about, like, murder mystery and all that. Mm. But when I watched the pilot, it just seems so familiar, but I don't remember any episode in particular. I think it has to do with Frankie Mendez's voice, the animation. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's his voice. I don't know. Yeah, his, his voice is just so distinct. You can just, uh, I really don't know. You can just tell. <laughs> <laughs> and a show kind of similar to Movo Mysteries, I guess, was Mona the Vampire. You have to know what that show is. Oh, 100%. I do. This was the best. I love the Mono the Vampire books. Oh, and the theme song. It, it, it kind of sounds like Ghostbusters. And I say the show is kind of like Movo Mysteries because the protagonist, Mona Parker, or Mona the Vampire, she lives in what she believes is a town filled with supernatural monsters, but obviously it's her imagination, and at the end she always finds out there's an explanation for what she sees. Yeah, the show is a great example of the power of your imagination. Yep. I think a lot of these shows, that's what, that's what they're all trying to do, you know, help kids practice their imagination and be open and creative yeah. with all these monster shows. But, you know, another show we've probably both seen... Because it came out when we were babies. Do you remember Whimsy's House? Oh my goodness, yes. I used to love this show. I feel like I was way too young to watch this, but I remember... Um, the theme song for some reason i remember hearing this but i don't remember episodes itself mm-hmm. but basically for those who don't know what whimsy's house is it was like it's kind of like muppets in a way and it, actually they got into a lawsuit from sesame street people jim henson company in 1999 because of this oh. the creators of whimsy's house denied they did anything wrong and they apparently settled it in some private lawsuit thing my guess is one of the conditions of the deal was for the show to cancel in a year because that's what happened to whimsy's house Aw, poor Whimsy's house. It did not deserve to get cancelled. Honestly, another thing is, like, it never occurred to me that Whimsy's house was actually a daycare. Oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> I always thought it was, like, her friends would just come over every day, and they, and I got hella jealous, you know, thinking <laughs> that, why can't my friends come over to play every day, you know? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's crazy how you realize and understand the little things in shows as an adult that you just didn't pick up on as kids. Honestly, and her grandma, like, runs a daycare while Whimsy's parents got to work, and I didn't, I didn't catch on to these things and 
Also, guess what kind of hybrid monster thing Whimsy is? I think she's some sort of, like, she kind of looks like some sort of dragon or something. So, yeah, she's like a dragon bird. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was always confused by that. It's a weird fact, but, <laughs> weird fact, but, like, the woman who voiced Whimsy now voices Muck in the new Bob the Builder. <laughs> oh, my God. Bob the Builder. I always found that show so annoying when they would be like, can we fix it? And I'm, like, watching the show with my baby cousins because I'm too old to, like, Bob the Builder. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, you can. Just fix it already. <laughs> my favorite one from Bob the Builder, like, the character is that blue truck who was always, like, so nervous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, like, why are you so nervous? Like, you've been such... doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> that truck had such high anxiety. And I'm like, yo, I can relate. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> Actually, like a few of the actors on, like the voice actors on Whimsies were part of Build the Barb the Builder. But um, there's another show I'm sort of debating whether or not to bring it up because I don't know if you'll know it, but um, it's called We Three. Oh my gosh. I don't think, I don't think playing the theme song will like jog anyone's memory, but you have to actually look at a video or look at pictures of what I mean. Do you know what this is? Yeah, I needed to jog my memory, but I used to watch the show, definitely. I don't remember much about the premise of the show, but it's basically like people in costumes so they're monsters mm-hmm. um and there are three monsters they're called bunwin pook and creaky and they live in this child's room that looks super big in comparison to them and they only come out to play from their hiding spots like under the bed or closet when the kid is away and they would play like imagination games or whatnot basically i think it's about like helping kids with creativity again another one of those mm-hmm. the episode so the episode i looked up bunwin is having like an identity crisis because she's She's the orange monster, and, like, no colors match with orange. <laughs> the poor little monster. What a problem to have, though. <laughs> uh, that's cute, though. This show's, like, kind of cute. Even though, like, the monsters look kind of weird. They had weird problems to solve. Yeah. She was just, like, so sad singing to herself, being like, nothing matches me. I'm so sad. And I'm like, it's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't remember much else about this show. Like, I remember watching it often, but I don't, like, nothing sticks out to me. Yeah. But but there is one puppet monster show we should probably be very familiar with, and it's Sesame Street, right? Of course. You can't talk about monsters and not bring up Sesame Street. Exactly. <laughs> my, uh, I think my favorite Sesame Street characters were obviously Elmo. Like, he's everyone's homeboy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I also like Count Found Count because it was fun to count along with him. And um, I liked Zoe because she was Elmo's best friend. Oh, yeah, they're the best. I like I like the count guy. <laughs> um, but my top favorite is also Elmo and Cookie Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the last few episodes on this show, it sounded like I was hating on Elmo because <laughs> I said I was freaked out by the dolls. But I always love Elmo, okay, on TV. <laughs> and, um, well, Cookie Monster, that was actually my nickname as a kid because I had a cookie problem. <laughs> I don't know if you or anyone else listening remembers this, but Walmart used to sell like this big bag of cookies and it came in like it was just came in a bag. It wasn't like those typical box cookies. It's actually crazy how your nickname was Cookie Monster because <laughs> my nickname was also Cookie Monster in elementary school. So like whoa <laughs> um but i feel like i kind of remember those yeah at least i don't know i i was looking it up to find the name of them or the brand but i, I just couldn't find pictures of it but whatever there was their iconic cookies so i used to eat the whole bag of that <laughs> and my mom's friend whenever i used to come over for, to their house they'd always like put, take it out for me like hey cookie monster do you want some <laughs> or something uh, anyway listeners if you know what cookie thing i'm talking about Please help us. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was Oreo cookies. Those were my weakness. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, let let her know. I I don't remember what those cookies are called either. Yeah, but we should probably tell our listeners that Sesame Street wasn't actually a 90s or 2000s era show. Mm-hmm. It actually came from the late 60s, early 70s. But, you know, that goes to show how iconic the show is to remain on TV for our generation and more to come to watch, you know? Even today. Did you know Sesame Yeah, even today, right? Um, did you know Sesame Street was originally supposed to be called 123 Avenue B? So why didn't they choose that? Because it's apparently an actual place in New York City. Oh. I mean, I like Sesame Street better anyway, so I'm glad they changed it. It has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cool facts I was reading about for Sesame Street. I think it's worthy of a quiz. Are you up for it? Ooh, let's do it. Okay, so there's five facts total I'll be quizzing you on. Okay. Um, okay, first question is of true or false. Um, true or false, it, the Rubber Ducky song was a top 20 hit on the music charts. I have no idea, but I think I'm going to say true because of how popular Sesame Street is. Yes, it is true. (laughs) Yeah, the Rubber Ducky song sung by Ernie was number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1970. Ernie with the jams, though. Ernie coming in with the tunes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Rubber Ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber Ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Okay, on to question two. This is multiple choice, okay? What color was Oscar the Grouch originally? So A, brown, B, black, C, orange, D, blue. I feel like I heard somewhere that he was originally orange. Yes, Oscar the Grouch was originally orange in the first season, and they changed it up to green onward. Yo, I'm on a roll. Okay, so how did they even explain that change? So I think, okay, so what I found was that Oscar tells people he went on a vacation and he slept in some swamp water or something, and that made him green. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. It also probably freaked out a bunch of kids who live near swamps. (laughs) Probably. They're like, I didn't ever want to step into a swamp. (laughs) I'm going to turn green. (laughs) Yeah, unless they really love Oscar the Grouch and they want to be green. Maybe. that's problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Don't live in garbage cans, kids. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, question three. What was Cookie Monster's real name before he became a cookie enthusiast? Was it A, Sid, B, Jim, C, Gerald, D, Elvis? I hope it's not Jim because that's such a basic name. (laughs) No offense to all the Jims out there, but for this blue monster, uh, I don't know. I'll take a wild guess and say Sid. Yes. Okay, so in a 2004 episode, Cookie Monster said his name was Sid before he started eating cookies. was just a mild-mannered little kid. In fact, back then, me think me name was Sid. Yeah, yeah. But then me mommy gave me something very new. She told me, this is Cookie, and me baked it just for you. So the cookies go- changed his life. They did. That's all he's known for. <laughs> That's all he's known for. <laughs> okay, so you're doing really good so far. We have two more questions left. All right, bring it on. Okay, so how tall is Big Bird? So it's multiple choice here. So A, 6 feet. B, 6 feet 5 inches. C, 8 feet. D, 7 feet. Hmm. Well... Whenever Big Bird stands beside anyone, he's, like, giant compared to any adult, like, even if it's a guy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go with, like, the biggest. So, I think C, you said eight feet, since 
Yeah, since that's the biggest. Yes, so Big Bird is apparently eight feet two inches tall. Damn. <laughs> but the actor isn't that tall. The actor is um, Carol Spinney, and he's only five eight. Wow, that costume must have been so heavy for him, since he's only uh, since he's so much smaller. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. I wonder how he even saw through it, because he's not even looking through the head. That's so true. There must have been like some sort of like gap for his eyes so that he could see through the stomach or something <laughs> like, random, like-, <laughs> like eye hole i don't want to think about that <laughs> it's like he's looking through big bird's belly button <laughs> if birds even have those uh, that's so weird to think about yeah <laughs> i don't know how they got away with that that's such a good point i don't know how he saw i don't know maybe he like didn't so see weird. and there was just somebody feeding him the like where he had to look in his ear or something i don't know maybe or like there's some kind of camera system in his costume i i really don't know um well anyway so the guy actually retired recently so the guy who plays big bird and he was on the show since the show's inception back in the 70s wow and he he played big bird and oscar the grouch that's cool that's sad yeah that he retired yeah i think someone else took over for him because you can't have sesame street without big bird exactly (laughs) okay so last question though this might hit a nerve with some conspiracy theorists out there, but is it true or false that Bert and Ernie are a couple? Yo, this is the question for the ages. Uh, but honestly, though, I think as a kid, I always thought they were brothers living together. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I'm just going to say false, that they're not a couple. I don't know. So there's no actual final answer to this <laughs> what i found was that a former writer in the show mark saltzman said he wrote the muppets so these two as a loving couple but then the guy who performed as bert said that they can't be a gay couple because they're puppets and they have no sexual orientation so like but like honestly same here like i always saw them as brothers i don't know how the couple concept came to be i think kids would see that way too they wouldn't see them as a couple you know yeah i mean like Hey, if they want to be a couple, then I have no objections. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But I just think, yeah, as a little kid, you don't really think about things romantically, which is why I just assumed that they were brothers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why people kind of took this to the next level, <laughs> you know? And, like, it's a kid's yeah, show. I mean, like, <laughs> You're ad- not going to see anything like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Adults tend to just sexualize everything. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Who cares? They're puppets. Yeah, like... they're just puppets. <laughs> exactly well you know great job on the questions by the way oh thank you i apparently know a lot more of sesame street than i <laughs> than i thought as much as i love yeah as much as i love sesame street i don't think i would have done as well as you <laughs> or i'm but, just a great guesser that too <laughs> there's that too okay so what other monster shows do we have here um just looking at the list mm-hmm. so okay so this is an obvious monster show but did you ever watch Maggie and the Ferocious Beast as a kid? No, this is the one that I never did, but what was it about? Yeah, so basically Maggie and the Ferocious Beast is like about this girl. Her name is Maggie, and she imagines this place called Nowhere Land. Um, she and her favorite toys, Hamilton, Hook, the Pig, and then the Ferocious Beast can play and go on adventures. My earliest memory of the show is when... It was an episode where they went on this adventure in the desert, and then they they explained what a mirage was, and I was like, "This is so cool! <laughs> I want to see, I want to witness a mirage." And like the next day, it like rained, out like when I was driving somewhere, I'm like, "Oh, look, that's what a mirage is!" And my parents were like, "How do you know what that word is?" <laughs> yeah, so you learn you you just learn random stuff from the show because they use big words. Like ferocious is a big word for kids, you know? They don't know what that is. 
Yeah, exactly. They would bring stuff like that up. And, you know, the girl who voices Maggie, is her name is uh, Kristen Bone, and she voiced the snail in Franklin. She was the voice of Zoe and Roly Poly Oli, and she was also the girl in the Goosebumps episode. You know, the one with um, the cuckoo oh, clock okay. of okay, yeah, I know her from the all these other shows. Yeah, and you know what I found most interesting about this show is that the creators of the book and the show, um, they are actually a mother and son duo. And they were asked by the people at Nelvana Production Company, so another Nelvana production here, um, if the animation people could cut out, cut down on the number of polka dots on the beast because of something technical. And they're like, no, we need the polka dots. They're important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. They would like not let it go. They're like, we have to keep the polka dots. It's an important part. It's all in the details that make the show good. So I get it. Yeah, honestly, the polka dots were an important part because anytime the beast would take them off, because he could take off the dot, like the the spots off him to like wash it like maggie would wash it or something mm. it was weird like that but like whenever he didn't have them on it was like oh my god he's so cold he's naked <laughs> it was just weird to see him without the spots it was just so strange so it was like the dots were his clothes exactly <laughs> these shows have really got me taking a walk down memory lane but like what show would you want to bring back so you can show your newborn baby niece oh <laughs> Well, she's probably going to watch Sesame Street. That's a given. Mm -hmm. Every kid Um, has to watch Sesame Street. Exactly. It's like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I think I would bring back Mona the Vampire and Seven Little Monsters. What about you? I would like Mona the Vampire. I like the books back. Like, I would show that to kids. Be like, this is a cool book to read. It was just funny in her little adventures. Mm -hmm. But one show I'd want back for sure. I know I said Martyr Mystery earlier, but another one is Monster by Mistake. Because it has this weird timeless feel to it. And I think it has to do with the animation. And I think any kid would find it fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And the gargoyle. <laughs> the gargoyle is just so evil. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of different characters too in that show. Like the ghost was really entertaining as well. Uh, yeah, he was he was the most freakiest mm-hmm. one that they animated. Like he looks so creepy. <laughs> so grumpy all the time. Jeez. Like, How did yeah. I watch this and not get freaked out? If <laughs> anything, this, sca- this, this show should have been rated differently. <laughs> <laughs> it's for older kids yeah <laughs> i mean probably for people like out of my age of when i was actually watching it mm-hmm. instead of how you're younger than me watching it <laughs> yeah i don't know how i was not freaked out by the show but i guess i was more fascinated by the monster yeah it's okay i mean i was watching goosebumps at like four years old so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> yep we well until these shows come back guys Thank you for dialing in to the Flip Phone Podcast. We want to know, Flip Phoners, did we forget to include your favorite monster theme show? Send us your thoughts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or just look up the Flip Phone Podcast. Oh, and before I forget, next week we're taking a pause as I go on vacay. But when I return, we shall talk about... Um, I don't know. What What do you think our next episode should be about? I think in the spirit of Halloween, we should do something a little spooky with some ghost stories. What do you think? Hmm, that sounds good. We should find stories about things that happened in the past, the 90s. 90s creepy stories, haunted houses, that kind of stuff. Some like old folklore stuff. I don't know. We'll see. From that we'll see time. how it goes. Remember, you guys can listen to us on platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please subscribe to those if you haven't already. Until next time, flip owners. Bye-bye. Bye.